Welcome to episode 118 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV show, anime, manga, comic book, audio drama, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined, as always, by Kyle Springer. Hello. Melissa, how Hello. are you today? I'm good. I went to the store. Yeah. A rare treat. Yeah, you, you, you mentioned you had some big shopping trip to, uh, like, uh, mm. not Walmart, but, like, Costco. Sam's or, yeah. Club. Yeah. Yeah. The Costco of Walmart. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I haven't been to one of those in, like, a decade or more, but I, I miss them. Like, my, my parents had a membership, and we would go, and we'd get the, like, big New York-style slices of pizza that they had yeah great it was a fun time they're still fun i'll tell you that much yeah always a treat stuff well let's see my my weekend has been pretty good i recorded crossplay yesterday with ignacio Mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun um i'm still trying to kind of catch up on sleep and and stuff (laughs) like that so i i only woke up yesterday to do the podcast and then I got to sleep in a little bit today, uh, since we are recording a little bit later than normal for the podcast. Yeah. But yeah. Here we are. Good weekend so far. We are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. I bought a, a bottle of Pledge Cleaner, okay. and I got to tell you, I'm weirdly excited about the Pledge Cleaner, because <laughs> I want my coffee table to be shiny. There you go. I was just about to say that I finally finished season two of Lucifer. I know oh. we covered Lucifer here on the show a yes. couple weeks back, but I've continued watching it, uh, and I am done with season two. And that show got be- 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 better. It's a very, very nice. good show. Highly recommend it. So. Yeah, we liked it already. It's good to hear that it's on an upward slope in season Indeed. two. Indeed, but we are not here to talk about cleaning supplies or uh nah. devils posing as police consultants yeah we're here to talk about something else which is murder on the orient murder. express yes <laughs> always good fun talking about a murder yeah <laughs> <laughs> which you may need to clean up afterwards. Yeah, which which yes. you might need a pledge cleaner to to clean up afterwards, and then who knows? Maybe a devil posing as a police consultant will pick up the case after. You know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, In this case, it was just a man with a very silly mustache. Yes, indeed, indeed. Uh, Murder on the Orient Express. What is this one about, Melissa? This is about, uh, it's a Kenneth Branagh film directed by and starring. Uh, he's at, adapting the Agatha Christie mm-hmm. novel, the same name, where Belgian detective Hercule Poirot is on a train and somebody is murdered on the train and everybody in that train car is a suspect. Yeah. It's, uh, I, 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 I went through an, an agatha christie phase when i was in like middle mm. school and high school I, I i read i think like five or six of her books but this was not one of them i don't think i read a- huh. any of the hercule P- 
Toro books. I I I, I read one of the like Miss Marple, I think her name was. I think I read mm-hmm. like one of those. I read Ten Little Indians, uh, or and 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 then they were none. none, none. Um, I think mm-hmm. is what what it's called. But yeah, like I I mm-hmm. I like a, a good mystery novel. It's it's a good like yeah fun weekend read vacation time read yeah it's 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 it's, it's good fun to just sit down with a mystery yeah and how we got to this movie is that we recently did a series of patreon bonus episodes under the reactor Mm -hmm. core where we were watching trailers of the past and talking about them not as necessarily representations of movies but just as themselves Mm -hmm. we're talking about the art of the trailer and how trailers have grown and changed throughout our lifetimes and trailers that we remember regardless of whether or not we've actually seen that movie and this was one of the trailers that i brought out this movie's from 2017 so it's a fairly recent trailer relatively speaking considering we were also talking about ones from like 1992 and the trailer i picked out because uh it was weirdly contemporary. This is the story set in I think like 1934 mm-hmm. and it's fairly accurate to that time period. It's not modernized at all. But we watched the trailer and like they're playing an Imagine Dragons song which doesn't <laughs> seem like it would work but really worked somehow and the logo for the movie is in like neon light font. There's a lot of odd things in the trailer and we were curious how many of those were in the film itself. Yeah. So I pitched you last week three of the movies whose trailers we talked about in those bonus episodes, and this is the one we picked. Indeed. Uh, if you guys are interested in checking out our series on movie tra- trailers from different decades, uh, you guys can go support mm. us on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash the whatnots. Uh, and if you support us at the $3 tier or above, that's where you guys can get all of the exclusive content. Uh, the third and final installment of of that recent series um which was patreon exclusive stuff for another one of our podcasts the reactor core uh so if 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 you look at at all of that stuff you guys can find it on our website as well if you support us on patreon uh yeah but we 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 watched that trailer and it was a really good trailer and we were both mm-hmm. kind of intrigued of like they're making some really interesting like visual and artistic choices yeah. with, with this. And it made us want to watch the movie, which is kind of why I picked it because I wanted to be mm-hmm. able to talk about that of, of like the movie versus the trailer uh, and, yeah. and and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm excited to get into it. What did you think of the movie? Had you you hadn't seen this one before, right? This no, our our first time watching it. Yeah, I hadn't seen it. I don't think I'd heard from anybody personally who had mm-hmm. seen it, and I had the sense that it was not well received. But I ended up having a pretty good time. Yeah, I I kind of enjoyed it. I I I feel like it's kind of like I I I, th- I think it fits with the like Agatha Christie novels mm-hmm. where it's it's not going to be the next like Harry Potter or the next you know best selling series or or stuff like that i know she is a best selling author yeah. and stuff like that but it's not on that same level you know what i mean it's 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 a book like uh, i kind of said like it's it's a good 
fun weekend read or something you might pick up on a vacation yeah yeah like like people have read it they know it but yeah. it people aren't fanatical about it's it good time, i've never yeah. seen anybody cosplaying as hercule Poirot. <laughs> i mean you never know there might be someone out there yeah um but <laughs> Yeah, like it's 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 a good popcorn flick. It's a good little mystery. It, it's a good time. Yeah. Is it spectacular? Maybe not. But I, yeah, it's it's still it's still it's still good. It's still really fun, and I I enjoyed my time. Yeah. Um, it's it's very watchable. Like I watched it a couple nights ago, and then last night I had some laundry to put away. I had some housework to do. I wanted to just put something on in the background, and I'm like. Why not put it on again? Sure. Just watch the first hour of the movie there again. Yeah, yeah, it's it's watchable. I I think it's uh, enough of a mystery that if you haven't seen the the, the film, you can kind of do the mystery thing. Like, okay, here are my theories. I think it's this person and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But it moves also at a pretty fast pace. Um. It it it, yeah. it it has a very very good consistent pace to it that you're always learning something new or there's always mm-hmm. a new clue or a, some new inf- information. Um, however, I don't necessarily think that it's one that you can maybe solve just by watching it on yeah. your own. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's kind of one of those. It's like oh, it's something I probably wouldn't have been able to g- 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 guess, but it, it's still fun to watch it Mm. unfold yeah a lot of the information that poirot relies on to solve the mystery is related to things that happened off screen that we may or may not have been told about yeah indeed um but yeah i i i really enjoyed it i i I think that's kind of my general thoughts on the the thing it was very different from the trailer I would say it did not have some of the the things that that we liked in the trailer. Um, I will say it does still have the blue neon light lettering. I mean, it only appears within the movie in like the title screen and the end credits. It's not appearing on the screen labeling characters like it does in the trailer. Like, you know, the the missionary, the the school marm, the princess Mm -hmm. and all of that. Uh, that's Professor missing. and Marianne, and, you know. Here, here yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, but it is still neon blue lettering, and I still don't understand why. I like it, but I'm so curious how that's the creative leap yeah. that they went. Like, okay, we've got this high-class European murder mystery set in 1934, thereabouts, Neon. This feels neon. Let's make the logo neon. Yeah. So uh, let's let's get into a bit of a synopsis. Uh, but before we do, I also want to mention this is a like star-studded movie that I I did not expect, yeah. and I, I, I honestly did not pick up from the trailer. Like like <laughs> going in there, it pants past all their faces. I just didn't pay attention to like who the the actors were. I was more looking at mm. the neon that was in the trailer, like labeling all of these <laughs> characters and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's neat. That's yeah. a good choice. And I like totally yeah. missed that. Like Daisy Ridley is in this. Willem Dafoe, Johnny Depp, if you like him or not. But 
yeah, like the there's so many people in this. I'm like, I, I, I know these actors. Like, I, how did I miss this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people in this. It's a great, very strong really cast. Is. I yeah. liked everyone yeah. and stuff. So, uh, synopsis. We kind of mentioned uh, there. There's this mm-hmm. uh, famous detective, Hercule Poirot, yeah. um, and he is kind of minding his own business. He's hoping to take a vacation. He's t- tired yeah. of solving mysteries and stuff like that. And uh, right as he's he's about to go on his vacation, he kind of gets interrupted and intrigued by. Mm-hmm. Uh, something in and it causes him to go on this train ride and while he's on this train ride there is a murder um some someone who uh had just recently been like hey i kind of need you as my body guard i think some people are after me uh he he's he's the one that ends up being murdered Surprise! Yeah, surprise! Surprise! Uh, so, Hercule at first is 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 kind of indifferent to the whole thing, but then very quickly is like, "Oh, there's more to this than meets the eye," uh, and so he, mm. he very quickly is like, "Okay, I need to be in detective mode right now. Shut it down. Like, let's let's solve this thing." Mm. Meanwhile, uh, they are stuck. Like, uh, like yeah. their, their train ride, I think, was going to Istanbul. Is th- is that right, or w- were they in Istanbul and l- leaving? Um, I, I don't oh, remember. It's the movie where, where. starts in Jerusalem. No, he goes from Jerusalem to maybe somewhere else. You're right. I think they are going to Istanbul, but they keep calling it just Istanbul, which was not part of yeah the lineage that I knew. Like they might be giants. Told me. It once was Constantinople. <laughs> now it's Istanbul. They didn't tell me any Istanbul's, middle steps. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're they're on their way to this uh, other location, but on along the way there, there's an avalanche that stops and derails the train. Uh, so they are stuck, mm. kind of out in this wilderness. Um, Hercule has kind of shut this one specific train car down. Because he knows that mm-hmm. at you know one of the people here in this train car is a mm-hmm. murderer. We need to solve this. We cannot let them leave. We need to figure it out now. So it's kind of like that locked b- 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 box, single yeah. room uh, mystery stuff, which is which is a good mm-hmm. fun time. I think that's about it, though, for a synopsis without spoiling stuff. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Okay, let's let's uh, hop into housekeeping real fast, and then we can get on into spoilers and such. If you guys did not know, which hopefully you were paying attention, but just about ten minutes ago, we have multiple podcasts <laughs> here at the Whatnots. You guys mm-hmm. can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, uh, in, or your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Just type in the Whatnots, and all of our shows will pop up right there. You guys like what we do? Patreon.com slash the whatnots is where you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. And like I mentioned, all of our exclusive content for all of our podcasts uh, is at the $3 tier. So you guys can go check that stuff out. We mentioned all of that. So I won't mention it again. 
and a big thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $5 tier. So thank you, Sam, for helping us out and supporting us for so long, for keeping the mics on. Thank you. Thank you, indeed. We appreciate it. But yeah, that that that, that was a quick housekeeping thing. I don't think... Oh, uh, I do want to mention that we will be covering Season 2 of Umbrella Academy on yeah. the Reactor Core. So be on the lookout for that. We are kind of in a unique position to cover season two because uh here on the review show we have covered uh season one on episode 50 uh so if if, if Mm. you guys are looking to go back and watch season one and season two we have both seasons covered for you so be on the lookout for our coverage of season two down the road this next week uh but yeah I think that wraps us up for housekeeping. So let's get into awesome. Here we are in spoiler territory. Uh, yep. Melissa, where did you want to start yeah. with this film? Hmm. Uh, well, let's start with our protagonist. Okay. I really liked Poirot <laughs> when he first shows up. He's very particular. You see him like solving like a little mini case in Jerusalem as like the cold open at the mm-hmm. beginning of the movie. And you see him like he's staying at this hotel and he has this local boy run out and get him eggs for breakfast. But the eggs have to be exactly the same size as each other. And like he sent this kid out a couple times to like get different yeah. eggs. And he takes a little ruler out and he measures the eggs. And then they're like walking through the streets to get to the scene of this crime or wherever they have like the three suspects lined up and he steps in a pile of horse poop and he groans and then he steps in it with his other foot because he hates the fact that his feet don't match more than the fact that he hates poop on him now and so that reminded me right off the bat of monk okay who had a lot of those same obsessive compulsive tendencies so for a little while i was like this is just monk again (laughs) Or like, this is just like Sherlock again, the way he looks at people, yeah. like looks them up and down, yeah. like I know who you are and I know where you came from. But the more time we spend with him, like, oh, you are a, more of a unique character the, than I than it looked like you were going to be at the beginning of the movie. Maybe this isn't something, you know, when you see something that a lot of culture has pulled from, you go back and see the original thing for the first time and you're kind of underwhelmed because you've seen it. So- uh, imitated or so Im- many times proved on too. Yeah. 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 That's the case I thought I was in for, but then the more time we spend with him, Oh, he charmed me. I like what he says that he's, and he's in his like, I don't know, sixties, yeah. I guess he's a slightly older man. And he's like, by this time in my life, I have learned what I like and what I don't like and what I like. I adore absolutely. And what I don't like, I, I cannot stand yeah. it. <laughs> and he's reading this he's reading Charles Dickens. That's what he wanted to do on this vacation, was just sit around and read. I love he's reading Dickens. a tale of two cities and <laughs> he's just cackling. He's having a grand old time, like, oh, oh, oh Charlie, look what you're up to. <laughs> but then something Great. bad'll happen and he'll just like groan at it. Like, oh, he reminds me of like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. He's so, he can be kind of a curmudgeon but when he's excited about something he's really excited about it it's cute uh jack is here with us in the chat hello jack how are you hi um 
yeah i i i i i like he he is still like you can still kind of group him into the like eccentric detectives category but he's ultimately like i I think at the end of the day he's less eccentric than some of them he's not like a high functioning sociopath type of thing (laughs) he's not some uh like he's 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 not yeah, he's not Sherlock in in that sense. He like, but like mm. you said, he is very particular. He knows what he likes, what he does not like, and he's mm. he's just gotten into this routine, and he's so unapologetically himself that like it, mm. to a lot of people who aren't that way, he can seem like, what is up with this guy? Like he seems a little bit strange, <laughs> right? So, but he. Mm-hmm. He was good. I I enjoy, enjoy, enjoyed his character a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Man, we have to t- talk about that mustache, though. I <laughs> I love it. I love that he sleeps in this weird what harness that? thing that goes around his head. I don't know. It looks like it just protects his mustache. It's not like orthodontia or something. It's just like this little leather it, strip it that like, like clamps something... around his face. It's. A- <laughs> Hannibal would wear, but it's for right. his mustache, and it like, it's 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 a do rag for his mustache. Right. <laughs> I've never seen a thing like it. I was. I don't know if it's ba- yeah. Real. I was like, I've never seen one of these things. Can I buy this on Amazon? Like, actually, I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can look that up on Amazon right yeah, now. Yeah, look up mustache protector. Mustache. Uh, protector. I guess it's coming up yeah, in the search it's like results. An... Mogard. You know, like how ladies will, or <laughs> you know, you sleep with like a bonnet. Did you find uh, it? Not exactly, but I I found oh. the Mogard mustache guard drink att- att- attachment. So I guess huh. this is to keep your mustache from getting wet when you drink things. Okay, gotta keep it dry. No. No, wait. No. This. Oh, I get, I guess it is. But instead of fitting on your mustache, it fits on the like lid of your pint glass. So when you put a cup up to your mouth, that thing hits your mustache and it protects it. This is wild. Comes in seven colors black. Blue, <laughs> blue USA, kiss me green, what? red, white, and white USA. <laughs> but nothing for the great country of Belgium from which poor, from which poor hails. No, not at all. Weird. Oh, uh, we should have gone to Amazon.eu. Right. Well, at, at at least there's something similar out there <laughs> you can get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the mustache. I like that it has like these two wings on the That's... side of it. Like it's not just like a normal curly Q handle or mustache. It has he like had, like a second yeah, mustache. Like wings. Yeah, like right. an, an under it's mustache. Like... <laughs> His mustache had a mustache. Like tear... <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. <laughs> and then he also has a very neat little soul patch too. Yeah. Which I gotta say completes the ensemble. I don't know if it'd be the same look without that. He, I liked to look at him. Melissa <laughs> thinks Hercule was a looker. <laughs> no, 
like a Kenneth Branagh, especially like he works this sure. mustache. The mustache does not overpower him, which could be easy to do. He stands up with the mustache on. Oh, like he just has like a really interesting, charismatic, expressive face. He's got that wild mustache on it. He's very intense. I don't know, like he was a good, oh, just a good facial performance, I guess. He's nice to look at. Yeah, he was good. Good. Uh, Besides Hercule, did you have, like, did any of the characters stand out to you as ones that you liked or did not like? Uh, I liked the uh, horny train director a lot. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and out of the actual murder suspects, uh, I got to give it to Penelope Cruz as the missionary who can punch people. <laughs> she was good. She was fun. I, I, I think the one t- time that I like rolled my eyes and was just like, oh my God, this is b- b- ridiculous, is before they get on the train <laughs> and they see the mm. d- 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 dancer got like the broody dancer yes he gets it in a bar fight and he does this like leaping kick that is just like the most perfect dancer kick and it was it was just like this is this is so dumb this is ridiculous no one kicks like that like no one gets in a fight like that well we haven't but he's a dancer and a count i've never met a count if you're a count, your whole life must be just that extra. I, I, I mean, the only count that I know is like Count Chocula, but. <laughs> oh, well, I was at the store today. I saw a multi-pack of Count Chocula with his pals, Boo Berry and Frankenberry. So, Kyle, I believe Halloween is officially started. <laughs> nice. Nice. Good stuff. Yeah, I like I. I liked him and just like how dramatic he he was. He was like, dude, you mm. you have no reason to be this moody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're planning a murder. I, I, that would make me bruise as guess, well. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. So I yeah I, I I liked them. I really liked Daisy Ridley's character. I thought she was fantastic. Um, yeah, this is the first time I've seen her. Outside of yeah, Star Wars. Not, not so it's nice to see her in a different range. Galactic war. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I liked her. She was very charming. Um, odd, oddly, I liked Willem Dafoe's character. I I like Willem Dafoe. I know he's a good actor. Most of the time, I just can't get into his characters and stuff. I'm just like, okay, he's there. But I, I oddly kind of liked his character, that it was it was all like a fake yeah. thing. Yeah, and he's got these big, like, bug-eyed glasses. Mm-hmm. His hair's, like, blonde. He's really interesting looking. Yeah, and then you find out that the person you thought he was, he's like, oh, no, I'm a, I'm a Pinkerton detective. Like, this is all a fraud. Which I think even so him he does two different voices was also a fake thing, too. Yeah, yeah, and then I think it's like he's just a regular cop. He's not like a high-end detective. Yeah, yeah. but still, because like, he was the only one that was like putting up like a a a, a character. Like he like every, everyone else were themselves, but maybe just secretive about who they were. Whereas he was like, yeah. I'm gonna invent a new character, and I'm 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 just right. gonna be like this. This is based off of. Uh, this like b- butcher that I knew when I g- 
grew up and you, you, you know it's like huh okay i a for effort here <laughs> right <laughs> right he's, he's going all in on this he invented a separate crime persona right. that nobody else did yeah I mean, hey what you gotta do right <laughs> Unless it was also part of McQueen's persona to be like, I don't trust that Marquez guy. Jack says, like this entire. Jack says, hmm? Willem the foe. <laughs> Will- Willem the foe. Great, good stuff, Jack. Always. <laughs> yeah, it's a train car full of people. Poirot is the only one there because the conductor's in on it too. Mm-hmm. The director guy, his friend with like the um. The yellow striped scarf who just wants to bone around. He he's like Poro's assistant through the in- investigation because he was like sleeping in a different car. He's the only person not on that car. Mm-hmm. So uh and Poirot is the only person in that car that's not part of this murder plot. So you see all these little vignettes between these various people that you find out all did the murder together. It's like, was this all like for Poirot's benefit to try and <laughs> were you playing out all these scenes for him for like believability like the part where Willem well, Dafoe goes up to the, the conductor and he's like I don't want to sit next to Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, yeah it's like you guys all planned a murder together I thought you were like kind of pals like that's the just thing he was not supposed to be things? on the train and so the fact that her yeah that yeah was on the train i think they're all kind of being like oh, oh shit act act normal act like what we do right you, you know we have to make up character <laughs> things uh, what are uh, i don't trust the spanish guy that's my character trait. yeah i mean Maybe they had some stuff rehearsed for in case, like, something went wrong, in case <laughs> someone else was put on the train to, like, confuse them and throw them off the scent. Yeah. yeah that, that, that. So, I, I guess to back up a bit, that's what happened. It mm. wasn't one person that yes. killed, killed Johnny Depp. We all did, which is probably what we should do to his career. But... You know, that's another story. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, they they all murdered Johnny Depp's character, who was this like sleaze ball mm-hmm. business guy who was not very good at business and cr- crossed a lot of people. <laughs> so yeah, and I I think I said in this episode in this Patreon bonus episode where we talked about the trailer that I've never learned how this. I know that this is one of the big mysteries of literature and culture, Mm -hmm. but I never learned exactly how the ending went. I realized like halfway through the movie, like, oh, I think I know what this might be. I know that whoops, everybody did it is a twist to some story and it might be this one. Yeah. Like, oh, it is this one. Okay. That's right. That makes sense because there there are like two or three moments in the film where where like he's certain like it was this person. It's like, well, you're not mm. wrong, but you're wrong, right? Kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, and so so then he he finds out something new, and then it, he he's like, huh? Well, no, now it was this p- person. This p- 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 person did the thing that doesn't make mm. sense because the other one makes sense, and I. You know, so yeah, I I can see how eventually you could get to well, everyone killed them, and 
stuff like that. But it still it still ended up kind of playing out of the like, well, I wouldn't have guessed that. Like you didn't give me enough information, you know? Um Yeah. Cause it turns out, okay, so um Mr. Ratchet is Johnny Depp's character's name. And then it turns out he's actually a, a different man named Cassetti, and Ratchet is a, a new pseudonym. And Cassetti kidnapped a little girl from this family. And then this was like, like years the ransom or so was paid. Before the movie took place, this is stuff yeah. you don't see on camera except in flashbacks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he kidnapped the girl, the ransom was paid, but he still killed her anyway. The mom was pregnant, had a nervous breakdown about it. Her and the baby died. And then the dad committed suicide. Like just awful, bad, bad situation. Yeah, and so you find out that everybody was somehow connected to this case. It's like, oh, that's the grandmother and the aunt and the godmother and like the the husband's best friend. Everyone down to uh, I think Josh Gad's character or, or Willem Dafoe's character. No, Josh Gad's character, right, his dad was Gad. like I knew defend- he was, I was like, I recognize him somewhere. Mulch digging. <laughs> okay. Right. Artemis Fowl. Yeah, we should say that we just watched Kenneth Branagh direct the Artemis Fowl movie earlier this oh. summer, which he carried over. Uh, here's Josh Gad and uh, uh, Judy Dench oh, again. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I, interesting, because I, I liked this film. I, I, Artemis Fowl was not a great movie. It's so madcap. And harried and stressful. Ooh, man. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, like I was, I was very pleasantly surprised that this movie had a more even sense of pacing and tone. Because Artemis Fowl, well, well, I appreciate some things it did to adapt the book, and there were parts that I thought were cool. It's a very jumpy movie. I, I do have to say, yeah. So Artemis Fowl was directed by Kenneth Branagh. I, I, I thought the like. The, the way Artemis Fowl was filmed and stuff was fine. I I, I think it was yeah, directed it fine, good. so that was fine. I, I, I guess what I don't know is who wrote the screenplay to Artemis Fowl and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I don't remember. Because the screenplay for Murder on the Orient Express is apparently written by Michael Green, uh, who has written things like Logan, which was amazing. Uh, Blade Runner oh. 2049, which was amazing. Huh. Uh, as well as Alien Covenant, which I have not seen. Yeah, can't speak to that one. Yeah. So I, it, it might have just been in the screen p- p- play, and Kenneth Branagh yeah. got stuck with uh, not so great screenplay and had to work with that. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. was this not Kenneth Branagh's like directorial debut oh absolutely no? not kyle he's did i hear that <laughs> no he's been direct I, I don't know i i i felt like i saw that somewhere no he um let's see he directed uh oh. that live action cinderella from a couple years ago which i've heard is like a among the better ones of these live action disney animation adaptations okay. i think that one's the most well regarded out of those I'm dead wrong. Then. Um, he directed a product. He directed a, a version of Much Ado About Nothing in the '90s, starring him, Emma Thompson. I've told you about this one. This is the one where Denzel Washington and Keanu Reeves play half brothers. Uh, okay, yeah, you've mentioned that before. <laughs> I think, 
And I think he's directed a couple other like Shakespeare adaptations and like period films and things like that. Interesting. Okay. And he is going to direct another, uh, he's directing a sequel to this. He's going yeah. to direct Agatha Christie's Death on the Nile. Uh, which is not a book that I have read. But yeah, they, they do kind of mm. set that up uh, at the end of, of this film. Once he finally gets to his destination and is off the tr- train, he's immediately picked up by someone who's like, you're needed in Egypt. Uh, there's been a murder. <laughs> and Sorry you can't go yeah. home. Oh, there you go. Um. Yeah. So what? What else? Let's. Uh. So I. I wanted to kind of talk a little bit more about the differences between the movie trailer and uh the actual film here. So for people who have not seen our Patreon exclusive thing for this uh trailer specifically, like we kind of mentioned, there is a scene in the movie where Hercule is walking down the middle of the train car. Uh, and he's looking back and forth to each of the characters, but it's in first person. So the the camera is looking at all of these different characters. Uh, and in the trailer, as each character is kind of looked at in these like bright blue neon lights, it says each character's name or their like their, well, not their, their name, but like their ish. Yeah, the doctor, yeah. the yeah. lawyer, etc. Yeah, um, which. I really, really liked. I thought that was an, a very yeah. in, interesting choice. I know you liked that as well. Just like, oh, this is kind of cool. Um, and we mentioned that really only happens as, as like the opening and end credits. Like it's not in the movie itself. Um, no. And to be honest, I'm I'm kind of disappointed. It, I think it. It is a cool trick, but I think it's a trick that we've seen so many other times. It would like, be more we watched like all of Sherlock the... when we see like this. The exactly, stuff yeah. On, on 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 the screen, but with Sherlock, it's more like very very detailed information and algorithms mm-hmm. and all sorts of equations and and stuff like that. Whereas this, it's just like. This is who the character is. This is their occupation. Like I, I like the more like mm. basic info, info, just to kind of clue you like in a... and stuff, to, to to make you feel smart, even though maybe you really aren't smart, right? You know. <laughs> yeah. So you would have liked something like uh, in Scott Pilgrim versus the World, where everybody just has like a name and a byline. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Also, I see uh, Jack in the chat mentioned that he also directed the first Thor movie from the MCU. Oh, so. oh my God. How did I forget about Thor? How do we both forget about Thor? I don't know. I don't know. Shame on us. But yeah. Um, but yeah. So I like I. I, I think I would have liked that if not just that one scene. Like I, I think that one scene in particular would have been a nice touch when he is like analyzing them all it it, if it it could have been in one more scene besides that it would have been nice to kind of not be this just this like one-off thing but i Mm -hmm. yeah like i i i i just like that information that is given to us that way makes me feel like a detective no i understand I, I really like how it's used in the trailer. 
But I think to have that across an entire film, especially after that, that's been a, uh, a visual trope and various other things. Other people have used this visual tool of putting like names and roles and labels and info up on the screen. I feel like you'd have to completely go for it, like integrate it everywhere, really stylize it, really put that to work for the movie. Like mm-hmm. it would be so yeah. much extra effort and retooling to make that an element. Like, because to have it in there, just sort of plain simple. I don't like, I feel like we've progressed past. This is this person's name and title. Like this little personal sure, sure. Chiron. I, I, I'll, I'll give you that. I, I think what stands out to me is also how stylized it is. Like it, it, it I, I've seen, when when Sherlock was really popular, you did start to see that mm. gimmick pop up a lot more, a lot faster. It was on, I think, like the first episode or two of CW's The Flash. Like they huh. they did that 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 whole 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 thing. But yeah, like it was very similar like style. It's the same thing where he's looking at equations and, you know, there's all this information yeah. that you're not going to necessarily understand. But it's it's a visual representation of, like, mm-hmm. this is all the craziness that this character is thinking of. Whereas this is a lot more simple uh, inf- inf- information. It is something you can understand. I think it will it is something to, to help you, you understand who the characters are. But then it was such yeah. it, it was so different stylistically too, where it, it is this bright blue neon, which does not necessarily fit with the like nineteen thirties aesthetic that they have there. And so it's this weird contrast that I really, really liked. Mm. And it was like, oh, like Yeah. This makes it stand out. It this makes it mm-hmm. separate from Sherlock, from CSI, or whoever else has used it. I'm not sure if KSI has done that, but still. So, I don't know, but I liked that. I yeah, and that shot we're talking about from the trailer that is his first person walking down. The, the aisle of the train car, you pass by all the major characters, they all react to the news of this murder. And then somebody's like, well, well what are we going to do about it? Like, who are you taking charge of this? And he turns around, this is the first time you, in the trailer, the first time you see him. <laughs> this would be wild this a, if you took 40 minutes to see his face in the movie. Honestly, and th- in that'd the trailer, be kind of, the- <laughs> kind of a reveal. Like, holy moly, it's Hercule Poirot. <laughs> We've just seen a back of a head for 40 minutes. Yes, it's a wild, like, two-winged mustache. Then the trailer, this is the first time he turns around and he says, I am Hercule Poirot. I am the world's greatest detective, and I am here to solve the case. No, I'm Batman. I'm the All of that's still in... (laughs) Yeah, me, Sherlock Holmes, Batman... Uh, different Sherlock Holmes, a third Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> Basil of Baker Street, the yep, mouse yep. one that they couldn't legally call Sherlock Holmes. Uh, that's all still in the movie. Which, and it works in the movie. I liked it. I don't feel like that scene was robbed of anything from no, having seen it in the trailer already yeah. a couple it, times. It was still a fantastic 
scene and i yeah i like i mm. I, I liked the the tension that was in there of him just slowly walking from one end of the car to the next looking at all of these suspects and him just just being like yeah. it's one of you and it's, mm-hmm. it's good or it's all good. of yeah. you yeah <laughs> it's everyone but me and my horny friend <laughs> And the dogs, I guess. I don't think that Judy Dench's dogs played a part in the murder. That's that's the name of my new b- 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 band, Me and My Horny Friend. <laughs> I liked how this movie was shot. Mm-hmm. It's not super stylized, but he does some interesting things. There are some scenes in like the main dining car of the train where you see the characters gather as a group that it's got this like beveled cut glass on some of the doorways and the characters will be shot like through that beveled glass. So they're like fractured and refracted and like you're seeing like three Daisy Ridley's. I think that works. And I think that he uses that right after, uh, you know, the I am your Kuoporo, I'm here to solve the mystery, where it's like, which one of you is the culprit? Because it's got to be one of you. Like, you see everybody uh, multiple times. Like, there's different sides to these people. Daisy Ridley could be the governess who, like, helps kids learn geography. And she could have stabbed this guy 12 times. You know, we don't know. Yeah. This is what he's here to find Good out. Clean family fun. And there's... There's two scenes, I think, where they're investigating the body. And then I think after the body's been taken, no, the body's still there. Um, there's two scenes of like pure body and scene of the crime investigation. Like he's not really talking to any of the suspects. It's not an interview. Uh-huh. It's like more forensic. It's more factual. And these are shot like from above, like a bird's eye Top view. Down, yeah. And that also, I think, really worked because it makes it feel feel like a crime, like a living crime scene diagram to see these things from the top down objectively, because this is when you're not talking to somebody. Yeah, you're looking at evidence. You know, right. there's Leslie Odom Jr. reporting back on the body as a doctor saying, well, he was stabbed seemingly a bunch of random times. Like whoever the culprit was just closed his eyes and stabbed at random. Yeah, then Hercule like looks mm-hmm. at the crime scene. He's like, okay, he had a gun here, but he didn't use it. Here's all the evidence we have. It looked like he was burning a note in his lantern. I liked how the cinematography reflected the various conditions that the investigation was undergoing at that time. For, for, yeah. It it it's interesting because a lot of this movie is just characters talking to one another since they are kind of trapped mm-hmm. in this one car. They can go outside if they really need to, but uh, for purposes of the investigation, he's been like, okay, stay on the train unless I tell you that you can, you know, go out and do something. Um, but yeah, like the, 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 there's not much action to the the film it is a lot of interviews or one-on-one character interactions and mm-hmm. stuff like that which is another interesting thing to note based off of the trailer because of their song choice i i i, I think like the imagine dragons like you know that that song i'm not sure what yeah 
one that that is. It's called Believer, and I couldn't and tell you the other words he's Barbara, singing besides yeah, Believer. Murder on the Orient Express, but replace Hercule with Shrek. There you go. Uh, <laughs> replace horny man with donkey yeah. and we've got a picture yeah. <laughs> um no so i like that song choice in the trailer made me feel feel like not that there would necessarily be more like action scenes as you would think mm-hmm. when i say action scenes but just like a certain level of intensity and like yes. people being held at gunpoint or stuff like that or someone like having a panic at- attack like i i felt like there was going to be more of that and we really didn't get that um not that there wasn't tension because there absolutely was there were some some really g- g- good tense moments um and i mm-hmm. but but yeah like i think the most like action oriented moment uh was when he's talking to Daisy Ridley's character, uh, and he's accusing her of murdering uh, this guy, and she's like, "You're right, it 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 was me." And you're like, "Okay, mystery solved. We still have like half an hour of this film left. What's going on here?" Yeah, uh, and then that's when Leslie Odom Jr.'s character comes in. He's like, "No, I'm the one that did this thing," and he has a gun. He shoots like that is like the most like action oriented scene that we get because that ends with them like falling out of the train almost on on because they have the like train car door open and they fall out on to the tracks at some point like that is the like only like action scene that we get. But this song made me feel like we'd get more of that and we didn't. Yeah, again, the I'm song kind of is disappointed, but I'm not at the same time. <laughs> like it's it's still like we got the tension that I needed and wanted, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I was just expecting a little bit more elevated tension. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The song's very rhythmic, very intense. Like da 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 yeah. da da, and that's like playing and like drumming at you while he like paces the train and looks at all the culprits. Yeah, I, I would say that the movie doesn't match that level of tension. But I think about what I said earlier and that it's like, yeah, hey, I'll put this on while I do laundry. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's a movie where it's just consistently like, hmm. <laughs> okay. It's inquisitive more than it is like fearful and brooding and intense. I think part of that also has to come from the crime itself all of these people had a revenge mission against one man mm-hmm. once that man is dead uh they they've no reason to kill anybody else <laughs> they, they, they've done it the worst thing has already happened and watching the movie like when you don't have that figured out yet you don't know if somebody would kill to hide their secrets yeah. but it turns out that this is a group of people that uh wouldn't yeah they don't they, like they're not going to take out poro they don't want to <laughs> Like they would rather like Michelle Pfeiffer's like, yeah, take me in or I'll kill myself. Like I don't, I'm not, nobody else is going down for this. My life's basically over already. So I think the conceit of the crime itself removes a certain level of tension. It's about solving a retroactive puzzle 
and not avoiding a problem yet to come. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, like I, 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 I still really enjoyed it. Like I, I don't think because we liked the trailer and the certain aspects in that, and we didn't get them in here, that it was a bad film or or, or stuff like that. I still really yeah. enjo- enjoyed what we got, and I thought they did, yeah, did, did, did a great job. And yeah, I, I would be up for watching another one of these. I, I would be looking forward to uh, a sequel, which is supposedly coming out in October of this year, but I don't know with coronavirus if that's happening or not. I literally haven't heard anything that there was going to be a sequel with yeah. this. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know what level it is yeah, at. Who knows? How much was ever done? But, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know if I really have much else. Oh, there actually is something I do want to talk about. Mm. Um, the kind of final, not final scene, but the, 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 the scene where he gathers everyone at that big table at the end and he's kind of solving the mystery and stuff like that. I really want to talk about that scene. Yeah, I, I want to talk about how it's staged. I because I I, 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 I just want to stop. I want to stop you briefly and say like it's not like he's gathered everyone. The train's being repaired. Sure, yeah. Uh, like during this avalanche, like the front part of the train where the engine is, it kind of like tilted off, mm-hmm. and so like that's being repaired. Like there's workmen there. They're like setting it back up, right? Getting the train in working condition. They're like, we don't want passengers on the train while this is happening. We set up some tables for you guys. (laughs) Go sit in like the the shade of this tunnel while we write the train up. So they're all naturally collected there. But the way it's staged, it's like they laid out like a series of tables and they're all sitting at the table all on one side in a line (laughs) facing the train facing Poirot it's kind of preposterous that they would have naturally gathered in that exact blocking but visually it's very impactful it's very impactful because it reminded me a lot of the last supper anytime everybody's sitting on one side of a table (laughs) that's all you can think yeah in in indeed which I'm like I'm trying to rack my brain of like connections between like the last supper and this scene and to be honest i don't know if there really is any like not one of them is a savior figure not one of them is the like the one i you know dip my hand in the uh (laughs) salsa yes they're the one but uh i don't know yeah, there's not any bread rolls that uh, match up with musical notes. Right? Yeah, no, like it's 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 just it's kind of this odd blocking. Yeah, where they all just decide to sit facing the same way, and then he walks up and is like, "Oh, it, well, now that I have you, you here, know what? <laughs> you know what else would be blocked like that is like a council of some kind, sure, yeah, or like um." Yeah, like some sort of a judiciary body. They're all sitting up there. So it is very much like him versus everybody. Because you think about, like, he's kind of got them cornered, but also there's, like, what, 12 of them (laughs) in one Poirot? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting scene. 
And it's it's not mm. even that like he's sitting down at the table, but he's standing up opposite them and like <laughs> ten feet. Maybe back. the workmen just didn't bring enough chairs to set right. up for like all of the all of the train passengers. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, it's uh, it's it's a strange scene, but yeah, that that is the scene where he kind of reveals the mystery of mm-hmm. like, hey, this wasn't one person. This was all of you. I mm. figured it out now. Um, well, he, yeah, he, yeah. So then, I, I, I guess that leads us to the next thing, which brings up the question of like, well, what do you do when twelve people murdered one person? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure by time the like third or fourth person was there, he was already dead. So, <laughs> but, right. but but like, but but like. Their whole conundrum is then, what do you do? We can't arrest you all. Like, well, mm. yeah, you can. Like, like yeah. I don't understand I mean, what maybe the not like, problem is here. Maybe not practically. Maybe they don't have 12 pairs of handcuffs yeah, on them when he gets But that's the thing. The, like, the workers are, are right there. He can leave a message with yeah. the workers to be like, hey, when you go back, alert the police that we need 12 pairs of handcuffs because yeah. all 12 of these people or however many it is they all murdered one person we need mm. to arrest them all like he, ha- he has the opportunity to like send that message ahead mm. and they're just like well i guess we can't arrest you all so I guess you're all free to go because, I mean, technically he was also a murderer and you guys got justice, so <laughs> eh, I'm fine. <laughs> no, but it's more of a, a conundrum for him because he he does want the whole imbalance somebody thing. to pay. Yeah, he wanted somebody to pay for it. Like he, somebody, there was a murder. There should be a culprit. There should be somebody who goes through, you know, the, the process of the law and of whatever punishment is deemed necessary. But he does think about it and he looks at how devastating this crime was that it pulled in all of these disparate people from like immediate family members to people with more distant connections. Like I think Willem Dafoe had a crush on the maid who was a potential suspect and was so stressed out by being a potential suspect that she killed herself like there's all of these tendrils stretching out from this one crime that affected all of these people and Poirot calculates it and he's like I think we're good uh I I think you guys have set the scales right if I brought any of you in it's worse than what the situation deserves and you can tell that the people, the, the the criminals are kind of thinking about that. Like some of them are like, yeah, I killed him and I do it again. But I, when I went back and watched some of the movie again, when the train first hits that avalanche and it stops, Penelope Cruz's character is like, well, you know, it's not us to decide whether or not we arrive safely. That's It's in God's hands. God's the one sure, who decides yeah. if we arrive safely or if we fall. Because the train's also like on top of a bridge. And, you know, the bridge is not rickety. It does not seem like an immediate danger that they'll fall off the bridge. But the the distant possibility is still there. So this is why she makes this comment. And you look at it after finding out she helped murder this guy. And it's like, oh, this is already on her conscience. She's like, well, we killed the man. You know, if this is how, if we die here in an avalanche, 
okay. God has decided we deserve yeah, that, we, and we, that's we, fine. We got what we <laughs> wanted to to, yeah. to to get. Our work here is done. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, it is up to another body to judge us. We don't really have the right to call ourselves correct in this situation. If an outside force says you don't get off scot free, we just have to live with those consequences. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It was good. I, I I don't know if I have much more to say on this one. Uh, I you have something, else? something that kind of bugged me, and this might have just been because I wasn't paying close enough attention or something. I would have liked more detail on how like everybody knows it was Cassetti, but Cassetti was not punished initially. Like I don't know how everybody's like, oh, it was Cassetti. It was definitely Cassetti. We know his name and his face, and he got a second name, and we know that name too. Like why everybody knows this. I but still, like, he was not brought to trial or anything. How did he escape the first time, but then you still are like, that's the guy. That's definitely the guy. I think guy. ultimately what, what happened is that one of them tracked uh, them down uh, and, and, and was like, oh, Cassetti has now changed his name to Mr. Ratchet. You know, here he is. Mm. I want to murder him. I don't necessarily know how to do that or all of that stuff. So let me recruit the other people that, uh, you know, he, he, he hurt. And so that's, I think when they formed the group and was like, okay, here's the deal. We found him. <laughs> this is the guy. Yeah. How'd you all find each other? Like there's, I, <laughs> I yeah, wanted right? like, like 10 oh, more minutes should... on the entire background of this case. Like, how he got away, who was figuring this stuff out, how all of these people found right, like each who, other. Who thinks a lot to, of them to like, contact the guy that had a crush on the maid that one time when they were in the, the like, it was just like how, do you, like, how do you get to that point where you're like, Willem Dafoe, that's who we need to contact, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Funny. But Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I it that's the thing like on one hand I like detective stories where I feel like I can figure out the mystery. Right? Yeah. But then at the same time there's also a certain spectacle to watching ones that I, there is no way in hell that I will ever figure this out just yeah because they don't tell you the information and it's just this like wild and but then he was related to this p- person, and you didn't know because we didn't, we never told you. And it's just like, how am I ever supposed to guess that? And it's just like this, this <laughs> wild spectacle of watching that. Mm. And I kind of like th- those mysteries too. Yeah, like in its own own way. Mm. Um, and I think this was one of those for the most part there is i i think you can maybe come to the conclusion that they all did it maybe if if, if you're really good but yeah all of the stuff about like cassetti and him murdering the other child and uh, you know it's just like what's gonna know that stuff like they they, <laughs> they almost needed to do like another movie before this one <laughs> Right, there's so much that's told to us in like backstory and flashback. Yeah, which is a str- well, I guess he was. Uh, well, no, he was not involved because he was only messaged after. I was gonna say like Hercule is not really involved in in that one, but 
Yeah, like the husband wrote him a letter afterwards saying, "So a crime happened to Wouldn't us." Wouldn't that be Can you wild though? If like they they just set up this like mystery detective movie, or or not even detective, but like crime movie, and they just bill it as completely normal, and then at the end of the film, the setup for the sequel is we're contacting Hercule Poirot, and it's like, oh my god, it's a Hercule Poirot movie. okay so be on edge for any future like period mysteries that you see happening because you might just walk in at the end like somebody sent me a letter i'm here do you have any tiny right yeah exactly (laughs) good stuff good stuff um final Mm -hmm. thoughts ah i like they said i had a good time i don't know how i respect the story it's neat to watch it all play out. How much do you think this twist still holds up today? Because I was watching it thinking the movie, you know, the mystery of the whole thing starts with anybody could be a suspect. You're all a suspect. And it ends with, yes, you are anybody could have done it and they did all do it. Like, it's it's surprising, but it's not such an undermining of the original premise like oh i'm surprised but i was not shocked yeah but then i thought well was i supposed to be shocked like you said this is a movie that's sort of like hmm curious yeah i I think it's kind of like right in the middle there like it's not such a shocking reveal that you're like oh my god we need to like let everyone know watch this movie right it was just like oh okay they all did it interesting right if somebody had been a ghost the whole time (laughs) then it would be a different film right um yeah like i i it i think we keep saying it was good we had fun we enjoyed it we liked it a lot again maybe not spectacular but it's still like it's a star-studded cast it moves along very quickly like it's yeah yeah. it's never boring good good film well it's worth your time. Pretty to look at. Yeah, like the the train set is gorgeous. The costumes are gorgeous. The landscape they're in is gorgeous. It's shot very interesting. Lots to Indeed. see. Oh, another thing I want to mention, the song they play over the end credits. I don't know if it's an original song or if that's a standard of the time, but they have Michelle Pfeiffer sing it, oh. and her character is an actress in the story. Yeah. Eve. Yeah. Um. Okay. Recommendations, Melissa. If 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 people liked this, what else would you recommend? Uh, definitely the BBC Sherlock, mm-hmm. which we watched earlier this year. Clue. Clue is a good one. I'm always a fan of Clue. Yeah. Uh, and this did make me. I have not seen the show in like. 15 years but it kind of want to made me want to go back and watch an episode of monk see how monk holds okay. up interesting yeah uh rear window i i think would be a recommendation ah. of, of mine I, I i think uh alfred hitchcock did a great job i mean it, it's a classic film but like mm. i i think that level of mystery i, I think this is kind of on par Maybe with that, the twist or like the reveal in uh, Rear Window, I think is a lot better than this one, or, or like the 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 t- tension that is is there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I it, it's 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 a good mystery story. 
Um, what else would I say? Uh, if you are a fan of anime, go watch some Case Closed, some Detective Conan. Mm-hmm. Because uh, there are a lot of good mysteries and stuff like that. And a lot of them are the, like, well, this is ridiculous. I never would have figured this <laughs> out. But it's so amusing and it's so entertaining to watch. And it's it's it has, like, a whole weird premise where this uh, guy who is, uh, like, amateur detective gets turned back into a kid and so he's a kid but he's still like this this superstar detective but no one takes him seriously so he he has to like uh use a tranquilizer gun on his his it's it's like his uncle or his father or something i forget um but uh he like knocks him out with this trank gun and then will like hide and and be like <clears throat> it is me, the great de- 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 detective, you know, and so it's it's meant to be like the the one dude yeah. solving it, not this little small child, and it's fantastic. It's good, good mm. stuff. Uh, I would also recommend the Professor Layton games, ah, yeah. the okay. only video games I have ever played. I want Professor Layton style illustrations of this entire cast. <laughs> yeah, okay, good stuff. That that, that would be be fun. Yeah, good. That's some some good recommendations there. I'm trying to think if I have anything else. Uh, good old mystery murder. No, that's about it. Think for mm-hmm. recommendations. Uh, but it is also my turn to do the pitches for this next week. Yes, so I have an anime, a comic book, uh-huh. and a manga. Okay. And they are, are are all very different. There is no theme here. Oh. Okay, dope. The first one uh is in anime called Spice and Wolf. Hmm. Uh this I believe is on Hulu, I think. It, it was on one of them, like Hulu or Netflix or something. Uh but It says, Lawrence, a traveling merchant, finds a nude girl with ears and a tail of a wolf asleep in his cart. Her name is Paolo, a harvest goddess with an untamed beast lurking inside. Armed with his street smarts and her animal instincts, a simple peddler and a forgotten deity journey through the countryside while reaping the riches of happiness and exposing the bankruptcy which dwells in the human heart okay interesting one i've i've seen this one for a long time not really my first pick but uh (laughs) hey it's good to get out of your comfort zone every now and then Mm -hmm. you know uh, but I, I also mm-hmm. know that people seem to like this one. Here on Crunchyroll, it has 28 five-star r- r- reviews and one four-star review. And that's it. Mm-hmm. All good reviews there. Uh, pitch number two, Superman Rebirth. Uh This is Deluxe Edition Book 1, so it's technically Volumes 1 and 2 combined. 
Um, but this is available on Comixology Unlimited. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I said, it collects issues 1 through 13, as well as the Superman Rebirth one-shot. Um, but this is Superman Rebirth. Let's see, it says, Rocketed from his dying homeworld as an infant, he became his adopted planet's greatest champion. Then, he and his family... <laughs> I know who Superman is. Then... He and his family, his wife, Lois Lane, and their son, Jonathan Kent, narrowly escaped the uh -huh. destruction of their entire universe. They emerged on a Heck. new earth where a younger, brasher breed of superheroes held sway. And when the valiant young Superman of this strangely familiar reality fell in the line of Jody, the original Man of Steel stepped out of the shadows to take his place. Okay. Uh, now, in addition to battling threats from around the world and across the universe, Superman must fight to earn the trust of his newly adopted planet's other protectors, as well as his curious small-town neighbors. Most of all, he must teach young Jonathan how to harness his ever-increasing abilities and wield them in the service of truth and justice. As a child of two worlds, this grandson of Krypton's potential is rivaled only by the dangers he will face. <laughs> oh. Okay. There you go. That's pitch number two. Like how the story has to remind you who Superman is. <laughs> that he's from a planet. Right. Crossed on a farm, now Earth hero. It, 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 it's, it's like, take the Superman you know. <laughs> His planet got destroyed. So now he's on another Earth. <laughs> and he was like, well, they already have a Superman. So I guess I don't need to be Superman. But then that mm -hmm. Superman d d d d dies. And so he's just like, ah, <laughs> shit. Uh, well, <laughs> I guess I need to be Superman. This way they come out, they pull me back yeah. in. It's like, well, this looks like a job for me. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that is Superman Rebirth. Um, mm. I, I've read a number of the Rebirth comics. They have all been fantastic. Um, oh. I did not read any of the Superman Rebirth stuff. I'm currently reading a bunch of the Superman stuff that is coming out now. Uh, but this was mm. from back in like 2016 when they did all of the Rebirth initiative stuff, which I will probably have to explain a tiny bit of the continuity with that. But I, I think at least for the character of Superman, man, this gives you a, a good starting point of what you need to, mm -hmm. to know here for this story. Pitch number three, Nijigahara Holograph. Uh, this is uh -huh. a manga. I, I've i read this once before, but I wasn't paying attention when I read this, and so I don't remember a thing. Okay. Uh, but according to the thing here on Comixology, Unlimited says, even as butterflies ominously proliferate in t in town the rumor of a mysterious creature lurking in the tunnel behind the school spreads among the children when the body of of 
when the body of Ari Kimura's mother is found by this tunnel's entrance next to apparently human traces, the legend seems to be confirmed. Is the world coming to an end in order? Or is the is the end of the world coming? I cannot read at all. Um, in order to appease the wrath of the beast, the children decide to offer it a sacrifice. The unfortunate Ari, whom they believe to be the cause of the curse, she is shoved into a well that leads. To the Nijigahara Tunnel, uh, an act that in turn pushes uh, Komatsuzaki, the the budding thug who has carried a torch for Ari for a while already, entirely over the edge. But this is only the beginning of the complex, challenging, obliquely told Nijigahara holograph, which takes place in two separate timelines and and involves um, suicide, a stalker, a a teacher whose heavily bandaged paste remains a mystery, and many, many more. Brothers, sisters, parents, Co-workers, teachers, aggressors, and victims who are all inextricably linked to one another and will all eventually, ten years later, have to live what they what they've will have to live with what they've done or suffered through. That was a lot. <laughs> I, I I know a lot of people really like this book. I know a lot of people also mm-hmm. really like the creator. Cannot read t- today. Uh, the creator, Inio Asano. Which I let me see what else they have created. Uh, they've created Goodnight Pun Pun, Solanin, um, What a Wonderful World, which I think I pitched once. A long time ago here on this show um but they 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 typically do like good graphic novels and stuff like that so good stuff great artwork i remember too so interesting stuff pitch number one spice and wolf pitch number two superman rebirth pitch number three nijigahara holograph I got to go with our buddy Superman because I've been thinking we've covered five different Marvel things on the show already this year and we haven't touched DC. There you go. Good stuff. I'm always up for some classic Superman, some good old superhero antics. Yeah, it's his turn. And I don't think I've ever directly encountered anything where him and Lois are married. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Good stuff. Uh, well, yeah, that I'm is excited for a story do. that promises a lot of Lois. Indeed, that is what we will do for this next week. However, we mm. also want to yeah. announce uh, what we are going to be doing for our end of the month kind of special. We n- normally have a like a TV show or a comic or a something 
we cover uh, once a month at the end of every month something that uh, you know has multiple seasons or stuff like that mm. that we we can uh, watch in watch over a longer period of time. However, uh, Mr. Robot was amazing. We just got done co- covering that one. Yeah, uh, but we had like that was an, an intense drama. Uh, we had also kind of come off of some other in- intense dramas, so we were like, you know what? Let's take like a month off. Let's just do something yeah. fun. So, Melissa, you suggested the idea of what if we do a sitcom exchange? We have mentioned this on the show that I I grew, grew up not having watched The Simpsons. Instead, my show was Seinfeld. But you mm-hmm. grew up watching The Simpsons and never really watched Seinfeld. So, not much of it, no. Yeah. So, what if we picked three episodes for, from each show and uh, ex- ex- exchanged them? So, I picked three Seinfeld ones and you picked mm-hmm. three Simpsons. I watched The Simpsons ones, you watched The Seinfeld ones, and at the end of the month, we come back and talk about them all that's what we're gonna do 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 you have your um your stuff ready to to go or do you want me to let you know what mine are first uh i have the episode titles i'll need to look up the episode numbers okay um that's fine let we can announce them right now unless you want to look those up while i mention what mine are uh, but I I also have uh, the um, episode numbers written down here for mine. Cool. I'm. You can go ahead and start, and then I'm gonna uh, look these up on my phone. Okay. Uh, well, the go the first episode of Seinfeld that I want Melissa to watch here is the Chinese Restaurant. This is okay. season two, episode eleven. Uh, and this is the one that they mentioned in Mr. Robot. Uh, when we first ah! meet Leon, uh, and he's like, man, it's just, it's a show about nothing. Can you believe there's a whole episode where they are waiting for their reservation at a, at a restaurant and they don't even get to eat? So that is the first one, the Chinese restaurant, season two, episode 11. That is a classic Mm-hmm. The next one is ca- ca- called The Contest. This is season ah, four, episode 10. Yeah, this is a really funny one. Uh, Jerry and Elaine and Kramer and George uh, kind of have a, a contest to see uh, who can last the longest without masturbating. Um, and it's really funny because they don't ever actually say the word masturbating Mm -hmm. they kind of skirt around it and stuff like that but it's also a classic one with 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 just a a a good old time sense of humor of of just like what happens when friends have to like not masturbate and then they end up seeing all of these like (laughs) like overtly sexual uh, mm-hmm. situ- situations and things. It's kind of r- ridiculous. Um, and then the last one, number three, the one I want you to watch is called The Rye. 
R Y E. Like the bread? Yes. The rye okay. bread. The rye. This is season seven, episode 11. And this is also another classic one. I think one of their best ones. Uh, this okay. one re really exemplifies just kind of the ridiculousness that can go on in this show. Like you, you, you have the Chinese restaurant, which is kind of mm. mundane. They're not doing a a a a anything spectacular, but the situation is ridiculous in the sense of just like how mundane it is, right? Whereas this mm -hmm. one is them like going full Ocean's Eleven, like trying to make Ooh. something happen, and they just completely, they're just idiots. <laughs> and it's great. Mm -hmm. Good. That is my three Chinese restaurant, the contest, and the rye. Okay, there's, I have a passing familiarity with Seinfeld. There's a lot of legendary episodes and moments that I've heard They're about, all, yeah. but I've not seen any of these. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited. Okay, and your three episodes of The Simpsons that I have picked mm -hmm. are episode, uh, season four, episode 12, Marge versus the Monorail. Hey. This, uh, it's difficult to say, but this may top a lot of people's lists for the best episodes of The Simpsons. Okay, good stuff. Uh, there's a monorail, there's a, a, a kind of a salesman character that comes to town, like in The Music Man, and they do a whole musical number like in The Music Man, and he just tries to sell Springfield on, you guys should build a monorail. Okay. <laughs> And then season seven, episode four, Bart sells his soul. Bart sells. Okay. He sells it to Millhouse, and then this is the, if you've ever seen the joke where he sells his soul for pogs. He's like, remember Alf? He's back in pog form. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this was an episode I remembered from when I was a kid, and I went back and watched it recently, and it's outstanding i think it's a really good emotional episode and it's got a really funny b plot that i remembered but i forgot it was attached to this episode nice. so there's a lot packed in here it's pretty solid and then the third episode is season eight episode nine this is el viaje de nuestro homer or the mysterious voyage of homer uh can you say that once more el viaje what the <laughs> It's a uh, the title was originally given in Spanish, but I'll tell you that when you look it up on Disney Plus, they just give you the English translation: okay. "The Mysterious Voyage of Homer." This is an episode where Homer eats a a pepper so hot that he hallucinates, and then the hallucination sends him on a spirit journey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we have Marge versus the monorail. Bart sells his soul, and the mysterious voyage of Homer. Good. So I think we've got a good variety of uh, comedy and emotional plot lines. And I think we're going to get to see a, hopefully a lot of the side characters okay. in the city. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. That That's one of the things with these long running shows that they have yeah. so many characters and so many like, like, I mean, even within the Seinfeld stuff, like you don't get to see Newman in the ones that I that mm. I sent you. There's no Newman. Oh. Um, Beans. Yeah, I, I, there, there are some 
great ones with him there though or like i i don't have one with george working for the yeah 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 yankees and him doing all the stupid stuff and getting his boss hooked on calzones or how he figures out how to uh like take a nap with no one noticing and stuff like that like there's so many aspects of these shows that I'm sure we won't get to see the entirety of, but I think these will be some good ones. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for this. And we're going to be recording this the last Sunday of the month. So three weeks from now. There you go. Yeah. Um, womp, womp, womp. August 30th, the exact, is when we are mm-hmm. recording it. And that should be out to the public September 2nd. Uh, just a reminder, next week, Superman Rebirth, Deluxe Edition mm-hmm. Book 1, uh, which collects Superman uh, 1 through 13, uh, and Superman Rebirth One-Shot. Uh, this is available on Comixology Unlimited, and also collects Superman Rebirth uh, Volumes 1 and 2, basically. So, there you go. Uh, yeah. I think that is about it. That wraps us up. So, Melissa, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. Oh, and you can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. If you guys want to stay up to date with our show, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. Go like, share, subscribe, sell your soul, tell a friend, tell a foe, Willem the foe. Um, <laughs> yeah, go do all of that stuff. I think we're still sitting at 82 subscribers on youtube uh so go help us spread the word go subscribe get your friends to subscribe get your parents to subscribe um parents love <laughs> us maybe <laughs> um but yeah so help us spread the word you guys know the deal that wraps us up this has been episode 118 of the whatnots review show we will see you guys next week bye Bye.